A brief update. It's May the 12th, 2024. I've released just two episodes of this year. My father-in-law passed away in January. He bravely fought a multitude of health issues for well over 15 years. Rest in peace, John. My wife of more than 20 years, Lisa, is remarkably strong, much more so than I. Her outlook on life is always positive and has motivated me to resume my passion project. Research for new episodes is now well underway. Stay tuned and sincere thanks for subscribing to my podcast. And also on this date, it was announced that Portland's Kenny Carr would be parked for the rest of the Blazers season. (laughs) His last game was April 12, where he grabbed 11 rebounds in a win over the LA Clippers. This would be, in fact, his final NBA game. He had a very serviceable career average of 11.6 points and 7.4 rebounds per game. I wonder if Kenny Carr was booked in for that service. (laughs) I saw the opportunity and I couldn't help myself. Yeah. And I knew that you'd hop on there as well and have a go. So uh, good stuff there from (laughs) from Kenny Carr. Uh I always like to say that Michael got to play with me for a year at North Carolina. <laughs> I think it really helped him. Spectacular player from the beginning. You can see right away Jordan was going to be a big-time scorer. And showed what an impact he was going to have on the league. This is MB87, celebrating the 30-year anniversary of Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls and the 1987 NBA season. Now here's your hosts, Adam Ryan and Aaron Steen. Welcome back to another episode of NB87. Up to episode 12 in our series, mate, drawing towards a conclusion here. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again, Aaron. Uh, how are you today, mate? This is the NBA on NB87. <laughs> I know I've done that before, but I thought it was that good that it's uh, almost appropriate. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, glad to uh, have your company again today, mate, as we break down the conclusion to the 1987 regular season. Just before we get going, mate, a quick chance to thank a great listener and uh, fan of the show, Curtis Martin, uh, Kmart, who's come up with another great review for us uh, on the iTunes store in America. Uh, it's titled Great Podcast, Five Stars, and it says, Every time I listen, I learn something new about Michael Jordan and the 80s. Adam and Aaron go above and beyond to provide in-depth knowledge on the NBA, continue to bring great content. Now, fair to say, mate, you won't be walking out of the room uh, anytime soon because your head is just ballooned into the size of a small <laughs> a small African nation. <laughs> so thank you again, Curtis, for supporting the show, mate. Really appreciate that. Yeah, the yeah, the good thing is, Kmart, is that we're also learning, mate. It's all brand new info for us as well as we're, we're searching for the pod, which is what makes it so much fun to do. And plenty more to come with NB88 on the horizon. Mm. Thanks again, Curtis. NBA News Notes and Quotes March 31st through April 19th, 1987. There were nine games on the NBA slate. Larry Bird led all scorers across the association with 39 points in the Celtics' shock loss, 128-120 to at New York. The Knicks collected just their 22nd win of the season. They were 22-50, and whilst Boston dropped to 53-20. and Also on this date, Washington at Chicago in front of 18,122 fans saw the Bulls have a 101 to 75 victory and move to 37 and 36. For the Bulls, Jordan had 36 points, Charles Oakley 15 points and 21 boards, 8 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks and the great Dave Corzine had 14 boards. For Washington, Jeff Malone had 22 points, 
Enos, don't call me. Enos Watley had 10 points and 8 assists. And Moses Malone had 10 rebounds. Bulls Thunder into playoffs went the headline of the game recap for this one. When Charles Oakley calms down and Brad Sellers gets excited, the Bulls can be a dangerous team, wrote Bob Sakamoto. Doug Collins said that Jordan, Banks, Paxson and Corzine are steady, but when those other two play tough, it makes them an altogether different team. Jordan scored 16 in the first term and the Bulls reeled off 16 unanswered points in the second, a span of time in which the Bullets went scoreless for 5 minutes and 47 seconds. The Bulls, Bullets and Pacers are in a virtual tie 4-6 spot in the East and Oakley and Sellers pulled out another big game each to help the Bulls get the easy win. Collins said post-game that Oakley played vicious and under control, and Dave Corzine and John Paxson played great double-teaming defense on Moses Malone, who was forced into just four for 12 shooting. Hmm. Good stuff there from the Bulls. Uh, promising signs, but we'll see how that continues as the rest of this recap goes along. Though the Knicks lost the game 121-120 to 120 at New Jersey, New York's Trent Tucker was no fool on this April 1st, scoring a career-high 34 points including four three-pointers. The two teams' records were a combined 44-101. and 101. Yikes, and also future Bull and <laughs> NBA world champion, Trent Tucker. <laughs> That's right. It's almost a given at this point, but thanks for adding that in. Same date, April 1, Chicago at Indiana in front of 16,912. Saw the Pacers hang on for a 99-94 to victory, and the Bulls dropped back to even 500 at 37-37. and For Chicago... MJ had 26 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals and 3 blocks. Dave Corzine, 18 points and 8 rebounds. And Charles Oakley, another very good game, 18 points and 17 rebounds. And for Indiana, I've just got here person, 19 points and 10 rebounds. So I'm not too sure who that person was. I thought I'd just chuck it in there. Yeah, we should probably go back and see who that actually was. The Bulls played playoff-style defense, yet their offense was full of regular season kinks. In the 99-94 playoff position jockeying loss, wrote Aaron Steen. <laughs> I like that. Both teams' defences hit playoff proportions in the fourth when both teams combined for three points in 12 possessions of basketball. Goodness. And the Pacers' John Long was chesty post-game after holding Air Jordan to 26 points, stating that he played him a lot different than other guys. Corzine and Oakley picked up the slack on offence, along with friend of the show, Sedale Threat, <laughs> off the bench. Coach Collins is trying to keep an even keel in the run to the playoffs and is trying to avoid letting his players know how important each game is. MJ's reply, he's not doing a very good job of that. <laughs> Dave Corzine also noticed the new coach still feeling his way in trying to keep his emotions hidden from the team. That's a difficult ask for a Doug Collins at the best of times. In other Bulls news, Michael Jordan took part in a cruel April Fool's Day joke with local radio broadcaster Pat Benkowski. Chicagoans driving to work on Wednesday morning were met with their worst nightmare, Jordan announcing his retirement from basketball. I read about this and I inexplicably have forgot to put this in the notes. It's an absolute classic, so go ahead. Jordan said that the wear and tear of the game and the threat of career-ending injuries were enough for him to call it quits, and the team had dedicated the remainder of the season to him. The station then had 150 phone calls before 9am from fretting fans, along with other stations and newspapers getting bombarded from the masses. MJ said he was astounded at the response from Bulls fans, to which Aaron responded, 
really? <laughs> this is fantastic because when I was doing the research for this episode, I came across a few articles about this in some of the Illinois-based papers, and I read it and was stunned, and I'd even clipped the article and everything, ready to talk about it. No idea why it's not in my notes, but well done for uh, picking up on that. Great April Fool's joke there from Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I think as cool as the April Fool's joke was, I think it, it was as poor from the people who bought into it. Obviously had no idea what date it was. I mean, when Jordan did accept his Rookie of the Year award, uh, he did mention at that dinner that... I think my year was very, very uh, experimental for me. I'm very happy that I, I achieved so much, and hopefully next year will be more promising. If not, then maybe I'll retire after two years. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Very much. That's something that you just wouldn't have expected Jordan to possibly have done. Third year of his career, he's playing April Fool's pranks <laughs> on the city. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah, great stuff. Just long-forgotten minutia, which is absolute gold, of course, mate. On April 2, Detroit annihilated Indiana, 119-73, to and it was the Pistons' largest margin of victory ever. Moving on to the 3rd of April, Chicago at Washington in front of 19,411, saw the Bullets hold on 122-118, to and Chicago dropped to 37-38. and For the Bulls, Jordan had 32 points and 7 assists, and Charles Oakley, ever dependable, with 17 points and 14 boards. For Washington, Jeff Malone and Jay Vincent, 33 points apiece. Moses Malone had 22 points and 11 boards, and Enos Watley had 12 points, 8 rebounds and 9 assists. Fantastic game there for him. Former Chicago Bull, Enos Watley. That's right. I'm dropping the ball on these former and future Chicago Bull mentions. Michael Jordan had his usual post-game crowd at his locker. Sellers and Oakley were outside the locker room talking to Navy's David Robinson. That's cool. And Coach Collins sat in the corner shaking his head at the box score and another close Bulls loss. A 9-2 Bullets run over a three-minute span was the culprit. With the Bulls down eight with 30 ticks left, Paxson and Jordan hit threes to make it a little closer at the end. Oakley spent spans of the third and fourth on the bench in foul trouble, which, and I quote, killed the Bulls, said Collins, but he added that Oak is putting his body on the line and the team can't leave him to grab every rebound. Up next are the high-flying Atlanta Hawks, who just dunked the Knicks by 37 and will be coming in rested. 37-point drubbing of the Knicks. Mm. Uh, now, returning to games on the third, Dallas clinched the Midwest Division title with a 136-116 to win versus the visiting Golden State Warriors. Great friend of the show, Rolando Blackman, episode 70, had 33 points for the Mavs, who also racked up the franchise's first 50-win season. Blackman was one of seven Mavericks in double figures. On April 4, in New York, you could say that the sky was a limit as Kenny Walker registered a career-high 26 points. Add to this Bill Cartwright, episode 43, and his stellar 32-point performance, and the Knicks held off the Indiana Pacers 112-108. to And same day, Chicago at Atlanta, 16,522 fans saw the Hawks have quite a comfortable victory, really, 110-97, to and Chicago dropped to two games under 500, 37-39, for the Bulls, Jordan had 31 points, 6 boards and 7 assists. Charles Oakley had 14 points and 15 rebounds. And Brad Sellers had 12 points and 10 boards. And for Atlanta, Dominique and Randy Whitman. Unlikely in the scoring column there for Randy, you have to say. 24 points each. And Doc Rivers, 11 points and 11 assists. 
in terms of Brad Sellers, that was one of five games in his career where he had a double-double. Uh, interestingly, four of which happened within eight games in January of 1987. And as always, basketballreference.com, thank you for the great statistics. The Bulls trailed by 28 points in this one <laughs> when both teams emptied their benches. Bob Sakamoto said, don't be fooled by the final score. This game was a good old-fashioned whipping at the hands of the Atlanta Hawks. MJ went just 9 for 24 from the field, and it was the Bulls bench 5 of Waiters, Sellers, Friend of the Show, Threat, Brown, and Pete Myers, who made the final score a little more flattering for the Bulls. Doug Collins said the team were spent mentally and physically as the Hawks took advantage, running out on the Bulls at every opportunity. Chicago trailed by just two at the half before a third term in which the Bulls shot seven for 25, and Atlanta was off to the races. In other news, the Bulls' Michael Jordan was the only athlete named in US Magazine's list of the 10 sexiest bachelors, alongside the likes of Bruce Willis, John Bon Jovi, and Mikhail Baryshnikov. Baryshnikov, there you go. I wouldn't have actually expected that one, but he could... uh... Yeah, he could definitely put on a show. Oh my God. A show. Please. Where am I going? No, 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 no. Is he the ballet guy? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Brusnikov. Yeah, that's terrible on my behalf to not even know who he was and where I'm going with that comment. Shocking. And in another cool tidbit, a decision is expected on April 22nd on which cities will be awarded NBA expansion franchises with Miami, Orlando, Charlotte and Minneapolis expected to get the nod. Keep an eye on my social media pages, mate, because if you look at the NB87 or NB88 hashtag, you'll see I discovered in one of the Miami newspapers a full-page graphic of 12 possible choices for the Miami Heat logo. Oh, really? Wow. It was narrowed down, I think, from well over a 1,000 submissions down to 12, and then readers of the paper got to then vote on which of the 12 they wanted, which became the one, of course, that we know and, and love to this day. Wow, that's cool. We'll add some more information about the forthcoming NBA franchises in our preseason episode, I guess, of NBA 88 when we kick that off. Yep. On April 5th, Detroit's John Sally notched a career-high 28 points with 10 of 15 field goals. Sorry, future Chicago Bull and NBA world champion John Sally, even though he did win a couple of titles <laughs> with the Pistons much sooner. <laughs> 10 of 15 field goals in just 29 minutes too, as the Pistons cruised to a 125-107 to win over the visitors from Milwaukee. Pretty good chance that uh, a large portion of those 15 field goal attempts were within about three feet of the hoop. Absolutely. Now, at Denver, Magic Johnson casually recorded his fourth consecutive triple-double with 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists, and his LA Lakers won their 60th game of the season. They were 60-15, and 15, and the Lakers were 126-118 to 118 victors. On the 6th of April, at home, Dominic Wilkins scored 41 points, which is incredible because he really actually was at home, leading Atlanta to a 110-105 win over Cleveland. The Hawks improved to 51-24, and the team's best record since they moved from St. Louis in the late 1960s. That's a cool tidbit. Yeah. April 7, NBA Vice President of Operations, Rod Thorne. Former Chicago Bull, General Manager, Rod Thorne. <laughs> and NBA player back in the day suspended Dallas coach Dick Motter for one game and slapped the Mavericks with a $5,000 fine to boot. This was after Motter suggested that Houston coach Bill Fitch was, quote, messing around, unquote, with the Rockets' games in order to avoid the Lakers creating a more favorable playoff position. 
<laughs> if Houston finished with a lower seed, they'd avoid meeting the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals. So that was quite interesting. Uh, same day, Detroit at Chicago in front of 15,172. Saw the Bulls have a massive win, 116-86, to and that snapped Chicago's three-game losing skid. They improved to 38-39. and For Chicago, Jordan had 39 points in just 26 minutes, and he had four steals as well, and Charles Oakley had eight rebounds. For Detroit, Vinny Johnson had 14 points. He was a leading scorer, including Dantley's 12 points and Joe D's 10 points. That gives 36 points total for the top three scorers, all less combined than what Jordan had individually, just for what it's worth. Wow. Hmm. The tone was set for this game early on as Bill Lambier put MJ into the basket support. And MJ responded by shoving Lamb, drawing a technical. Jordan said he had a rough lead up to the game with the death of a family member and the hard play by Lambier ticked him off and he felt he needed to take a stand. Hopefully he then put it back. <laughs> when asked post-game if Lambier was a dirty player, he didn't hesitate in saying yes. He added the only way that he might stop doing it is if someone takes the next step and clubbers him. <laughs> 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 Along this same theme, there was a photo in the Bulls media guide for this season of Jordan going up for a score and Lambier kneeing him in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Hmm. Not good. Jordan had 39 after three quarters and the Bulls a comfortable 90-62 to lead. Tempers flared again in the third when Adrian Dantley clotheslined Jordan, but MJ <laughs> kept his call not wanting to get a T and an ejection from the game. Later in the term, Dave Corzine cleared out Isaiah Thomas on a rebound, only to have Rick Mahorn protest, which was followed by a Corzine right cross that missed everyone. <laughs> Chicago won the game on the back of great defense and play from the bench, who extended the Bulls' lead in the second term. Just a typical Bulls-Pistons game, really. <laughs> That's right. Nothing to see here. With his eight rebounds in this game, Charles Oakley collected rebound number 1,001, making him the first player this season to reach the milestone, and Jordan was now just 174 points short of 3,000 for the season. Uh, post-game as well, I came across a great quote from MJ. He said, It's the first time I ever felt like fighting, but you could see it coming mm. in terms of incidents uh, with Lambia and later as you said, Adrian Dantley. And for what it's worth, this game is, uh, or at least highlights of this game, are available on YouTube. Now, just four games were played on this date, the 8th of April. Moses Malone dropped a whopping 50 points, the fourth and final time he'd do so in a regular season NBA game. He led his bullets to a 118-109 to win at New Jersey. On the 9th, Phoenix held off Portland 128-122, to thanks in large part to the Suns' Larry Nance, who scored 34 points. Phoenix's Nick Vanos pulled down a career-high 13 rebounds in the off-season that was to come. Nick would be tragically killed in a plane crash barely four months later. We did briefly allude to that in an episode with a good friend of mine in the States, uh, Adam Beechin, when we talked about the Phoenix Suns covering their franchise history through to the 1993 NBA season. Wow. I don't think I'd ever heard of Nick Vanos. Is that the correct pronunciation? I did play some YouTube clips back to hear it pronounced, and I'm still getting it wrong, probably. Okay, yeah, and B, obviously, as I didn't know that the man existed, yeah, he definitely wasn't aware of uh, his death either. Just trying to find the episode that uh, Adam appeared on with me. 
What a great name, Adam is. Uh, episode 71, it is, uh, Phoenix Rising. So we covered 1969 through 1993, talking about the Suns franchise. So check that out. We do talk briefly about Nick Vanos. All right. On the 10th of April, mate, huge news. Bernard King returned for his first game with the Knicks in more than two years. His previous game was March 23rd, 1985 at Kansas City, a team that since had moved to another location. That's how long ago it was. Mm. Uh, he received a two-plus-minute standing ovation from the crowd pre-game. Well, here it comes. The King is back. Bernard King. We're glad you're back. Well, you can tell that it is starting to affect Bernard King. I don't know that I have seen an ovation quite like that in quite some time. Uh, the return of the King, however, was short-lived, sadly, after the visiting Bucks of Milwaukee outscored New York 41-17 in the first quarter before running out 132-93 victors. King's return to New York was also short-lived, as this would be his final stint as a Knicks player. He played out the regular season, six games in total, and averaged 22.7 points. He then signed as a free agent with the Washington Bullets in mid-October of 87. Really sad to say that, isn't it? That he came back and played six games for the Knicks. Really nice that he got a two-minute-long standing ovation. Really sad to see after what he was before the injury. I know that he'd eventually make an all-star game again. He started for the East in 1991 in Charlotte, but another example of what injuries can do to to great players yeah absolutely decimated his career for you know five six years basically by the time he returned to that all-star level so sad to see him go out that way in new york Mm. also on the same day chicago at philadelphia in front of 17,967 saw the 76ers defeat the bulls 98 to 96 in overtime that's a lot of numbers (laughs) and the bulls dropped to 38 and 40 for the Bulls, Jordan had 34 points, 6 boards and 10 assists. Charles Oakley, 16 points and 21 boards. And Dave Corzine, 14 points and 12 rebounds. For the Sixers, Cliff Robinson had 22 points and 20 rebounds. Now that's a, a monster effort. And Roy Hinson, great friend of the show, episode 81, had 17 points and 5 boards. It took Doug Collins 25 minutes to compose himself and face the press after yet another close loss to the 76ers in overtime. The 76ers also lost Barkley in the first term with an ankle injury and Mo Cheeks, who had missed the previous 11 games with a dislocated finger, splintered it up and hit the game winner with two seconds remaining. A miscommunications on a Cheeks-Robinson pick and roll in which Geno Banks didn't switch on to Mo left him open for the game winner. In the final 5-15, the Bulls didn't capitulate for a change. Instead, they went on a 13-2 run to tie the game late. Jordan hit two free throws with four ticks left. That's the second time I've used the word ticks left to send it into (laughs) the extra period. Charles Oakley spoiled his terrific 16.21 rebound performance by getting ejected midway through the fourth quarter. Oak, and I quote, hit Paul Mihalik in the rear, end quote, in frustration over a foul call and then was told to take the rest of the game off. (laughs) I wonder if that's how the refs uh, told him. Uh, you can take the rest of the game off. <laughs> I think it might have been slightly stronger words. There were five games played on this date. Denver's Fat Lever led all scorers with 34 points in his Nuggets 113-103 to loss at Houston. 
Sunday's matinee against the Pacers includes a third team looming large over the game. The Bulls and Pacers are in a battle for the right to avoid the Boston Celtics in the first round. (laughs) For the right to avoid. Four players that were fined in the team's March 24 win over Philadelphia had that fine money returned to them by GM Jerry Krause. Sellers and friend of the show Mike Brown were fined $250 for laughing and not concentrating during a crucial stage of the close game. Oakley was fined $250 for getting a tech in the fourth quarter. And Riverbanks, $250 for talking back at Tex Winter after fouling out of the game. Yeah, fines were being doled out left, right, and center. Hmm. On the 12th, Indiana at Chicago, the matinee game you referred to, in front of 17,219 fans, saw the Bulls have a comfortable victory, 116-95. to They improved to 39-40 and on the year. For the Bulls, Jordan had a monster 53.8 rebound, 4 steal, and 2 block effort. Charles Oakley had 8 points and 16 boards. And for Indiana, Chuck Person and John Long had 19 points apiece. Friend of the show, Michael Jordan. Imagine that, Adam. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, jeez. I need to have, what is it, a defibrillator or whatever it is? <laughs> <laughs> I need to have one of those handy. Uh, anyway, back to reality. <laughs> That's right. Where were we? <laughs> Michael Jordan asked Doug Collins post-game if he was going to sleep well tonight after the Bulls' convincing win over Indiana. Doug confirmed that he would sleep well tonight, and that was because Jordan was a nightmare for the Pacers, wrote Bob Sakamoto. (laughs) Nice. Jordan hit his first four shots and 14 of his first 18 to finish 19 for 27 from the field. His only weak spot of the game was when he was held to six points in the third term as Indiana came back from 18 down to trail 85-82 after three. It's a lot of numbers again. Sure is. The Bulls also got great contributions from Sellers, Corzine, Oakley, and friend of the show, Threat. <laughs> Returning to games on the 12th of April, Larry Bird's 47-point, 7-rebound, 8-assist, and 4-steal explosion helped shake the Celtics out of an uncharacteristic 3-game losing skid as he led Boston to a 119-107 to win versus the visiting Knicks of New York. You can see why Larry didn't pick up his fourth consecutive MVP award considering that he exploded late in the season. (laughs) Now, on April 13, Chicago at Milwaukee in front of 11,052 saw the Bulls have a great win, 114 to 107. They returned to 500 at 40 and 40. For the Bulls, Jordan had 50 points, nine rebounds, four assists, four steals, and three blocks. Charles Oakley, 22 points and 19 rebounds. And friend of the show, Sadal Threat. 10 assists. For Milwaukee, Terry Cummings, great friend of the show, had 24 points, episode 17. And Ricky Pierce, great friend of the show, also had 20 points. He was on episode 28. Now, this was the seventh time Jordan has sprung for 50 or more points in a game this season. Quite possibly, there's more to come. The Bulls moved into the number seven spot for the playoffs with Jordan's second straight 50-point game. They took him just 37 points shy of 3,000 for the season, in which he would average 37 points a game and set a regulation game record for points against Milwaukee. Post-game, Doug Collins called Jordan the finest player in the NBA. The Bulls overtook the Bucks in the fourth with separate 12-0 and 8-0 runs. Elston Turner started his fourth game of the year, and the Bulls became the first team to beat the Bucks twice at the Mecca this season. That's a nice Turner event for Elston to get a start. Now, on the 15th, Press Maravich, father of Pete, passed away on this particular date in 1987. Wikipedia and a few other sources list his birth year as 1915, 
Basketballreference.com has it as 1920. Wow. Press played one season with the NBLs, and that's not the National Basketball League of Australia, uh, National Basketball League of America, and the Youngstown Bears in 1946, I've since learnt, and one season with the Pittsburgh Ironmen of the Basketball Association of America in 1947. He'd go on to coach his son, Pete, when Pistol played at LSU. Now, Press was 71, I'm going to assume, based on more sources saying he was born in 1915. Press played. It's a wonder that his nickname wasn't VCR. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Shouldn't laugh at the death of Press Maravich, but that is is fantastic. All frivolity aside, rest in peace, (laughs) Press. Yes. Speaking of VCRs, mate, let's fast forward to (laughs) Dallas. And on the 15th of April, in a fisticuff-marred game, and that's a quote from the newspaper, it was the first meeting between the Mavericks and Rockets since Dick Motter's comments about Bill Fitch's team tanking for better playoff positioning. Dallas's Al Wood and Houston's Steve Harris were tossed for exchanging punches. Both benches emptied, but, quote, none of the blows landed, end quote. So NBA, nothing but air. The Mavericks won the game 113-107. to 107. And also on this date, it was announced that Portland's Kenny Carr would be parked for the rest of the Blazers season. <laughs> His last game was April 12, where he grabbed 11 rebounds in a win over the LA Clippers. This would be, in, in fact, his final NBA game. He had a very serviceable career average of 11.6 points and 7.4 rebounds per game. I wonder if Kenny Carr was booked in for that service. <laughs> I saw the opportunity and I couldn't help myself. Yeah. And I knew that you'd hop on there as well and have a go. So uh, good stuff there from <laughs> from Kenny Carr. Uh, <laughs> press play. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, hilarious. All right. On April 16, mate, Atlanta at Chicago in front of 18,122. Saw the Hawks hold on for a 117 to 114 victory. Chicago again dropped to below 500 at 40 and 41. Now, Jordan had an otherworldly 61 point, 10 rebound and 4 steal game. Charles Oakley, 19 points and 7 boards. And John Paxson had 14 assists in 36 minutes, which was a career high for Pax. And for Atlanta, Dominique had a great game himself 34 points and 6 rebounds. Kevin Willis, 20 points and 11 boards. And Doc Rivers had 14 points and 12 assists. Jordan equaled his 61-point effort from March the 4th versus the Detroit Pistons. What an extraordinary scoring stretch. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It just a torrid amount of scoring. If you look at his box scores for the last, say, 20, 25 games of his season in 87, yeah, ridiculous the number of times he went for just crazy points. One of the coolest magazines I, I picked up when I was a kid was a copy of Inside Stuff, the magazine from the late 90s, and it actually had the stats that MJ recorded in all of his career regular season games and actually had the playoffs as well in like a um, a bar graph with his point tally. So, yeah, I'll have to go back and have a look at that bar graph because uh, it'd be pretty impressive. Oh, for sure, mate. Uh, if you find it, take a photo of it and uh, hashtag it, MB87. Yeah, well, it's actually right here behind me. Good stuff. It was a game of records against the Atlanta Hawks. Check out this list. Michael Jordan tied his own team record for points in a regular season game so earlier this season, which you just mentioned. Became only the second player in league history to score 3,000 points in a season. Became the second player in league history to drop 50 in three consecutive games. Broke his own record set earlier this season of 18 points when he scored 23 straight for the Bulls. 
in a 6.33 span across the second and third quarters and is now 15 free throw makes away from the all-time record. He moved into third in this game. All of this, and he probably would have traded it all for the win as they lost their first game this season in which he scored more than 50. You're right. He probably would have traded all that in just to get the victory. And in terms of that being the first game they'd lost when he scored 50, there's another stat I'll read a bit later in this episode as well, which is quite uh, quite telling too. The Bulls led by 14 points in the third term, but the Hawks whittled away at the lead before Dominique hit a go-ahead jumper with 18 seconds left that gave Atlanta the win. On this day as well, the 17th of April, Chicago at Boston in front of 14,890 saw the regular season come to a close for Chicago with a 108-105 to defeat. They dropped to 40-42 and to finish the season. Brad Sellers led all scorers for Chicago with 21 points. Charles Oakley had 20 points and 10 boards. And Jordan had 17 points and 8 assists in only 25 minutes. For Boston, Bird had a monster. 38 points, 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Kevin McHale, 22 points and 14 boards. And Robert Parrish, 14 points and 14 rebounds. Now, this was the Bulls' 17th loss by 3 or less points. The score was closer than it appears thanks to, quote, three Charles Oakley heaves from international waters in the final (laughs) 66 seconds, end quote, thanks to Peter May there from the Hartford Current. May also added that the Bulls finished 18 and 27 in games where Jordan scored less than 40 points. So that was quite telling, I thought. Wow. And this was just the fourth time all season that Jordan did not lead the Bulls in scoring. So quite a few things happening here as the regular season came to a close for Chicago. Mate. The NB series where tidbits happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uncovering them at a rate of knots at the moment. Speaking of international waters. You just mentioned that this was the Bulls' 17th loss by three or less points. It shows that as a team that they weren't too far off the mark and you know, with a bit of an injection of, uh, of talent, they'd be able to uh, turn some of those close losses into to, uh, close wins. So... While I'm sure that it was uh, hard for Coach Collins to handle all those close losses, surely he had to feel good about the direction that the team was going. No doubt there. They finished with 42 regular season losses, 17 of which were three or less points. So if you just have a bit more poise and a few extra guns to go to in the last few minutes, uh, they're looking at close to you know 50-win season for sure. So good times ahead for Chicago, you'd hope, and we'll certainly find out more as NB88 comes around the corner, mate. Oh, baby. <laughs> MJ played only 25 minutes in this game due to a thigh contusion. He suffered in the game against Atlanta. The injury stiffened to the point where Jordan sat most of the second half as his teammates gave Boston all they could handle. This included the aforementioned three late threes from Charles Oakley. Jordan's 17 gave him 3,041 points for the season and a remarkable 37.1 points per game average. Jordan said post-game he was surprised by how many points he'd scored and didn't believe he would have that kind of offensive season again. The following day, Bernie Lincecum wrote, if Michael Jordan isn't the NBA MVP for this season, then Moses Malone wears lace undies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I can just imagine now uh, an image of um, Bernie rifling through uh, (laughs) Moses Malone's underwear drawer. It's quite concerning, although I guess he'd rifle through them if he played for the Bullets, so that makes sense. Or if they were Chuck Persons underwear, perhaps. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> The rifleman, I like it. Uh, <laughs> returning to games on the 17th, in Philadelphia, 
Julius Irving scored 38 points on 17 of 31 field goals to become just a third player, joining Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Wilt Chamberlain, to score 30,000-plus points. However, the visiting Pacers, speaking of Chuck Person, had the last laugh, taking the 115-111 to win. As of that game, Irving had 18,340 NBA points and 11,662 ABA points, totaling 30,002 altogether. Again, hat tip there to Peter May. I don't know if this is something that you've ever considered, Adam, but I think it's about time that they combined regular season and playoff stats, don't you think? Oh, mate. (laughs) (laughs) How many times in our messenger thread, Uh, Todd Spear, g'day, Todd, if you're listening, which you're probably not, (laughs) Aaron and Aaron, I'm talking about you in the third person now, and me, the three of us, I've queried it like, why aren't the playoff stats included with regular season stats? It's not like... Those stats just don't happen. If you don't get to the postseason, so be it. But all your career totals are all based on regular season. Yeah, all three of us have spoken about it, but you definitely drive that bus. I, You're the bus driver. I do. Mate. Yeah, I do. It really gets to me. Like, there must be a reason behind why I'm not understanding this. But can someone please tell me why? It just doesn't make sense that they're not included in their overall totals. But anyhow, mate, I'll flog that dead horse another day. The regular season concluded on April the 19th with five games. Now, running through quickly, mate, Player of the Month for March, because we had to cover one day there for March, uh, Magic Johnson of the LA Lakers averaged 21.7 points, 6.8 boards, and 14.6 assists per game as the Lakers went 13-1, and wow. including a 10-game win streak. So good stuff there for Magic. Uh, players of the Week for April 5th was, again, Magic Johnson, who averaged 30 points, 10 boards, and 12.3 assists, and the Lakers went 3-0. and For April 12, Player of the Week, Michael Jordan, not surprisingly, averaging 36.5 points, 5.5 boards, and 7 assists per game, and the Bulls went 1-1. and This is cool. This next part, excellent. Julius Irving. Mm. Yeah, fantastic way for him to round out his uh, regular season, named Player of the Week on April 19. And he earned it uh, 27 points, 2.3 steals, and 1.3 blocks per game. Very cool. The Sixers went one and two, but what a way to close out his regular season career in Philly with that 38-point performance and topping 30,000 points. So, yeah, that is a cool moment. Our high men for this period of time, mate, Jordan had 61 points versus Atlanta on the 16th of April. Rebounds, Charles Barkley had 23 for Philadelphia at New York on the 6th of April. And Nate McMillan of the Seattle Supersonics (laughs) versus Sacramento on the 31st of March chalked up 21 assists. Now, mate, the NBA standings to close out the regular season. Our division winners were in the Atlantic, Boston won with 59 and 23. In the Central, Atlanta won 57 and 25. In the Midwest, Dallas took home the chocolates, 55 and 27. And in the Pacific Division, our division champ was the Lakers with 65 and 17, the league's best record. Chicago went 40 and 42. They were 4 and 6 in this span. And the lowly LA Clippers were sadly 12 and 70. All right, mate, one quick overlooked gem about this NB87 series. Boston went 59-23 and 23 in his regular season. They fell just one win shy from a fourth consecutive 60-win season. Hmm. In 1987, that would have been an NBA first. As of 2018, if my stats are correct, the only franchise to accomplish this feat is the LA Lakers, who did so from 85 through 88. Spoiler alert for NB88. Just four teams have put together three straight 60-win campaigns. Again, please correct me if I'm wrong. Milwaukee Bucks from 1971 to 73. The Boston Celtics from 84 to 86. The Chicago Bulls from 96 to 98. And the Golden State Warriors from 2015 to 2017. Very cool. 
That wraps up the regular season. We'll be back with one more episode to close out the 1987 season proper, the playoffs and finals. Thanks again for being a part of the show. Anything you'd like to add before we put a bow on the episode, Aaron? Uh, yes, mate. I've got two things to round out the regular season. First of all, Magic with the uh, the Player of the Month award. The uh, the Lakers going 13-1 and during the month of March, including a 10-game win streak. I might put some money down on them to win the uh, title for 1987. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, mate. Uh, they're a fair chance. And secondly, the listeners who I'm sure will hear your crystal clear HD version of your audio, we've deprived them of the, and I quote myself, recording like you're sitting in a toilet audio that I'm hearing <laughs> at this end. Giddy up. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and share my web address with your friends and colleagues in allairness.com. Check out the podcast archive for plenty more episodes with high-profile guests. Follow me on Twitter at inallairness. Please add your like to the show's social hub, facebook.com slash inallairness. Join me next time for another edition of the show. (laughs) I know it sounds terrible. It does sound shocking. Nah, whatever. Nah, it's fine. It works. Corzine and Oakley picked up the slack on offense along with friend of the Shadow. <laughs> Shadow. <laughs> Shadow. <sighs> Oakley spent spans. That's a lot of SPs. That was. <laughs> sorry. That was silly. <laughs> Just a heads up. I can't hear you now. It says no microphone. Oh. <laughs> Why are you talking into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me, what a day. Can you hear me now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? No. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I'll call you back. <sighs> bop, bop, bop. Ground control to Major Tom. Bop, Commencing bop, bop. countdown engines on. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Hello. Bop, 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 bop. Bop, bop. This is Major Tom to ground control. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. <laughs>